0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Voyage. Welcome to Watch This Tonight. I'm your host, Dan Bettimore. This is the show for when you're looking at your five streaming services, work is done, kids are asleep, glass of something is poured. This is your time to relax. But you can't figure out, what is a good thing to watch? A wrong choice in that moment can ruin your night? When you're in that position, just search Watch This Tonight, anywhere you get podcasts, for bite-sized recommendations of the best movies, TV, and documentaries to stream. Most episodes are about 10 minutes. First half is spoiler-free, so you can decide if you want to see it. The back half has spoilers so we can break down the juiciest parts after you've seen the movie, TV show, documentary in question. We also occasionally have special guests and do Watch This Tonight All-Stars, classic movies you can rewatch for years that play different with the passage of time. Those episodes have spoilers. At Watch This Tonight, there's always something good to watch. Let's get started. All right, today on the show, we're doing the top three TV shows that you're not watching. So I'm very excited today to have my guest, Jess Spole. Jess, if you could tell the listeners who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, and thanks, Dan, for having me. Uh so yep, yeah, my name is Jess. I'm a content creator in New York City, specializing in TV content. So I've got a TV newsletter where I send recommendations each week along with reviews. Um I've got a podcast as well. And I post TV content on TikTok. So that's been uh that's been the thing keeping me busy lately.
0: Yeah, I really have enjoyed your TikTok content. That's sort of how you know, I found you and, and wanted to connect with you. I'm really excited myself to hear your recommendations because I know you're really steeped in this stuff, sort of the same way as I am. I will start with my number three, um, and I sort of ranked i I did rank these, but like I think they're all great. Like, there's sort of no there's no losers in top three TV series you're not watching. I'm going to start with Tell Me Lies because I just watched an episode of it last night. Tell Me Lies is on Hulu. Um, it's a show that when it came out, I did an episode on this show. And I thought it would explode. I thought it would be, like, inescapable and and suddenly be like the show everybody was talking about. And that hasn't really happened. I think it's been more of a show that has a devoted fan base that is, you know, a little bit more finite. Um, It definitely has a passionate fan base. I know that. But I think it's a show that not enough people are watching. Like, I think it's amazing. The writing is just so good. It's so sharp. It is uh, I sort of, in a weird way, it's is a very like English major way of describing it, but there's a play called Long Day's Journey Tonight, which is considered one of the best plays in the history of mankind. And the reason that that play is so good is that it breaks down how the people that are closest to you are the people who also can hurt you the most. And that's what Tell Me Lies is sort of about, right? But it's set in college when you're still finding yourself and you're getting into these relationships that. You know your sexuality is a big part of it. It's very sort of punk rock, like it has an edge to it that I really like and uh, I think is actually pretty honest about that period in life and how people behave in that period in life. Grace Van Patten and Jackson White, who star in it, are amazing and just to give you an example of what the show does, the episode I watched last night, Katie Segal plays Jackson White's mom, and the premise of the show for anyone who hasn't seen it, is basically Grace Van Patten goes to college. she meets Jackson White. Who is the definition of the term fuckboy? If anyone, (laughs) that's pretty much what this guy is. And you don't like him, but then you meet his mom, who's played by Katie Seagal, and she is so much worse than him. And they go home for Christmas, and he goes to lunch with his mom and his siblings. And they sit down to this lunch the way that I imagine people would sit down to like negotiating terms with terrorists or something. Like it's so tense. And you see that she's chosen the location of the lunch not to be with her kids but to confront her ex-husband who now has a new woman that he's seeing. And that's the reason she chose this particular restaurant. And so it makes you have empathy for this guy that you thought you were going to hate at the beginning of the show. And it kind of does that a lot. It kind of keeps redefining who you care about, who you don't care about. I just think it's an amazing show. Have you seen Tell Me Lies?
1: It's funny. I actually only watched the first two or three episodes and then I sort of lost interest. I haven't gone back to it yet.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I thought that they made a mistake in my opinion by not, releasing it in the binge model they released it sort of doling it out because i also took a break from it where i think i watched like four or five episodes and then you know it's just, it's kind of a tough watch with a two-year-old there's a lot of sex stuff going on <laughs> and so i think that's the reason that i took me a while to get back to it but i i really love what they do and um so i encourage people to check that out what's your number three
1: i think i'm gonna say my third choice is the Righteous Gemstones. Uh, And that's on HBO Max. It's actually got two seasons out now. Uh, I'm not sure if, I think it's been renewed for a third, but I'm not sure when that comes out. Um, And that's a Danny McBride comedy who also did Vice Principals, um, Eastbound and Down. It's funny because I'm not really a Danny McBride comedy fan in general. I wouldn't say like he's somebody that I've followed or been that interested in. But I started watching this show sort of randomly and was struck by how clever it is. And uh, so the premise quickly uh, it's basically a satire of televangelists. Uh, it follows a family who run a mega church. They're very wealthy. and so it's sort of a satire of wealthy people, but also a satire of sort of, you know, televangelists and mega churches and and how those people might be more corrupt than you would think. Uh, and it's so funny. It's laugh, I love funny. It's also got a bit of mystery in the first season that I think kind of hooked me. Um, but it's genuinely just a lot funnier than I expected it to be.
0: Yeah, I think the only reason I didn't click on it, because I, I considered watching it, is that I got the vibe that was almost like an SNL sketch. I think that the the way the characters just visually look in the ads and stuff, is that true or is it more grounded than that?
1: It's it's both. I think it is more grounded. It does feel like the characters like could be real people if you can buy into the sort of over-the-top satire. So I think I really like that. It's not as goofy as an SNL skit. The characters are more nuanced for sure. But it's definitely an over-the-top satire as well.
0: Right. Cool. Well, my number two is We Own This City on HBO. So we own this city, John Bernthal, David Simon, Corrupt Cops, Baltimore. It's possible that I may be a homer of this uh, because I am from Baltimore. But I think that the show, I've been rewatching it for fun, which I think is pretty telling as to the quality of the show, that it's something that I can rewatch for fun. It's almost like Goodfellas. like You get so sucked into the fun that Bernthal and the Corrupt Cops are having and, and the joy they're taking. It's something that is totally horrible. Uh, that you sort of become complicit and you go along with it. And what I really love about it on a rewatch, because it's actually deceptively complicated. There's a bunch of different timelines and it's um, it, it's sort of David Simon, I think with The Wire and this, kind of has cornered the market on doing these shows that when you watch it the first time, you take it in a certain way and you kind of take it at, think at face value. And when you watch it a second time, you're like, wow, there's a lot going on here. And there's a lot of, you know, interesting stuff about the complexity and consequences. Just to give an example, uh, there's a part where they rob, and this is a minor spoiler, there's a part where they rob a drug dealer. And, you know, it's like, it's treated as, well, he's a drug dealer, fuck this guy, we're going to rob him, right? And they go in his house, they steal money from him, and it's not like, what's he going to do? He has no recourse, he's been robbed by the police, right? And then later, when one of those guys is captured... They tell him in his interrogation, hey, that guy that you robbed, the money that you stole from him belonged to somebody else. And he got killed over it. He got killed in front of his wife and kids. And then we see him get killed in front of his wife and kids. And for you as an audience member, you're like, wow, like you you really feel it. Um, But by putting you with the corrupt cops and making you take the journey with them, very Scorsese, Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street kind of thing, when the turn comes, you really feel it. So yeah, I just think it's an amazing show that, you know, again, didn't really break out the way that I kind of thought it should.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that.
0: Were you aware of it?
1: I've heard of it here and there. It's interesting because, yeah, I haven't heard a lot about it and I haven't really heard anyone make a passionate case for why I should watch it until now. So it sounds good. I I want to watch it now. But yeah, it seems like it's been a little under the radar for sure.
0: Burnthal is amazing in it. Every I moment of him. Bernthal is absolutely, it is like, it's like the, it's like if Bernthal was like a guy on a sports team that you like when they drafted him, you're like, that guy seems like he's going to be good. And then third season, he suddenly explodes and has the best season of his career. Like, that's what we own this. It's like, he's doing like on the waterfront. <laughs> and like, again, I, I think that, like you said, like, just not that people are aware of it. So I've been really surprised by that. What is your number two? I
1: worry that this one might not count because a lot of people have seen it, but my number two is Yellow Jackets. Oh. And I know you've you talked about it on it's your It's my number one. Before. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad it counts. Uh, do you want me to talk about it? Or Go ahead. We'll we'll, until... we'll both
0: talk about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the kind of thing where the people who like it Love it. And you can find a good number of people that watch it. But I think maybe it's because it's on Showtime, which is just not one of the, like, top streaming services that I still know a lot of people that have never heard of it. Uh, But, yeah, so it's, it's about a high school girls soccer team. They're on their way to the national tournament when they crash in the Canadian wilderness. And then they have to survive. I think the most compelling part of the show is the device about switching between the two timelines. So you're seeing what happened when they were in the wilderness. And then you're seeing... This group of women as adults and seeing them come together in various ways, you're trying to figure out, you know, what were their relationships like then? What are they like now? Who did what to survive? How bad was it? I think it's, it's got incredible suspense, but also the character development and the characterization is so strong. I was so surprised by the show.
0: I absolutely love it. That's my cat. We we made it through a good fifteen minutes before my cat made an appearance. I let just know beforehand that I had to uh, adjust on the fly, and I'm recording my very glamorous closet here. There's a there's like a leopard print uh, robe behind me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Yellow Jackets is amazing. I am a big sucker for any anything that's about like anywhere where you could say it's like a high school reunion kind of show. Meaning like we knew each other twenty years ago what has happened in the 20 years since and how has that changed us and so this is that but taken to an insane crazy degree because it's like the thing that we knew each other from is that time we crashed in the woods and became cannibals basically and uh it's so out there and weird it has um there's something that happens at the end of season 1 that we won't spoil here but it's like pretty crazy it has a sort of jump the shark risk going into season two i think but i'm excited about it meaning like it's so all over the place and bananas that like literally anything could happen supernatural stuff could happen you would just sort of be like all right i guess we're going there the thing that always brings you back though is like melanie linsky and like this suburban unrest right she is the queen of that of like you know she's like this suburban ennui that is like there's a a great bit um Early in season one, and this isn't a spoiler, there's a rabbit that's like eating their plants or something at her house. And um, she murders the rabbit and then skins it and then serves it for dinner. And she tells her husband, like, that's what I did. He doesn't believe her. And it's just such a great encapsulation of what makes the show cool is that it's taken relatable stuff from our lives that we can understand. But then filtering it through, this person had this crazy experience. And how did it change them?
1: Yeah, I think it was one. It had one of the best pilot episodes I've seen in a long time. I think I was, well, I was both really grossed out because I don't do well with gore and it's very gory that first episode, but also so hooked. Like I could not stop watching that if I wanted to.
0: I think that a common theme of these is like if this was on HBO, like on the Sunday night slot, would it dominate all social discourse? Would it be kind of like The Last of Us where? Every week, because I mean, Yellow Jackets has a lot of mythology to it. It's almost like lost, like in that sense, like there's a lot of weird shit going on that you're like, what is this? Like what's happening? And you sort of you're curious about where they're going with it. It's a show that lends itself very much to like speculation of what happened, what's going to happen? What does this mean? What does that mean? And it's just uh, really wild and out there. I kind of appreciate the audacity and strangeness of it. For sure. What is your number one?
1: My number one is Bad Sisters on Apple TV+. So Bad Sisters is, it's a dark comedy. It's also a murder mystery. Uh, It's created by Sharon Horgan, who also created Catastrophe, uh, which is on Amazon Prime. Um, But it follows a group of sisters who become the subject of an investigation after one of their husbands ends up dead, seemingly from natural causes, but maybe not. Uh, And so this is another one actually that flips between two timelines. So we see what happens before the death and we're in present time, basically going through this investigation. So as the viewer, you're trying to figure out, okay, what really happened? Um, and it's just a great blend of mystery and comedy. Like it's laugh out loud funny, even though it's incredibly dark. And it's got the suspense. It's got the intrigue. Um, I think it's a, one of the best shows I saw last year it was in my top three of the year. And I don't know anyone that's seen it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, a. I mean, this that's, I, I was aware of it. But I didn't really know what it was about. Like, I I sort of had a sense roughly. Is the the essential question of the show like, hey, did they murder this dude? Like, is that pretty much what you're going back and forth about?
1: Sort of. That's basically the premise. But it really ends up being like, okay, assuming that they probably did, like, how did it happen? And you'd think that that would be a pretty simple question. But they end up making that, like, the core mystery. And it's really well done.
0: Is the stuff before he's killed kind of like almost like a referendum on, does this guy deserve to be murdered?
1: Sort of. I will say that's the part of the show that might be the weakest. They really hit you over the head with like, this is the worst man you'll ever meet. I think <laughs> to sort of soften like the darkness of it. Right.
0: It's sense. terrible. Yeah. I have been super impressed with Apple's content in general. Like I think Apple's making a ton of really smart, effective programming choices. Like I think shrinking is really good severance is really good i'm really excited to see uh extrapolations which is like a pretty seems like a pretty big swing for them um have you seen hello tomorrow on apple
1: i watched the first three episodes and then i felt like it was not keeping me interested
0: hmm. what's your uh what's your feeling on apple in general on what they're doing
1: i agree with you i think they're putting out some amazing content i i struggle with them a little bit because it's It sort of feels like this their streaming branch is like their vanity project and they're like all right we'll throw a bunch of money and like see what sticks i don't know some of it's been weak some of it's been incredible and this extrapolation show is one example of like the cast is insane like i don't know how much money they would have spent on this but it had to be a ton meryl streep edward norton and i've seen mixed stuff so far you know obviously just like the critics who got it early it just feels like another one where they were like yeah why not make this and like. I'm curious. I'm not super optimistic about it, but
0: it's, it's just interesting feels like yeah.
1: another one that's like we'll see.
0: It's fascinating how these companies, the economics of the company, indicate like what they're able to do creatively. You know, like so if you're Netflix, Netflix's whole business model is based on people subscribing to Netflix. So that's led to a lot of stuff they do where it's like, hey, this show can only run for x amount of time, and it has to be it has to hit this algorithm and whatever. And then if you look at like an Amazon or Apple, they're like, hey, we're making billions of dollars selling other stuff. So we don't mind. We will happily spend $5 billion making awesome content. And it doesn't really matter that much if people watch it. <laughs> like it's, the main thing is like, we just want to be cool and we want our, our service to have a reputation of making great content. And then the subscribers will come, you know? And so I think that, It's it's really interesting to see how the streaming wars are going to kind of shake out over the next, I would say, three to five years. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I really like on Paramount Plus, which obviously Taylor Sheridan has cornered the market over there. Um, And then Hulu does a lot of interesting stuff. But it's they there can't be 27 of these places. Like they're gonna some of them are going to die. It just is going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been weird to see it all play out, especially in the last couple of years with how many shows they're all pumping out. It's not sustainable. So. We'll see. I feel like HBO Max is still my my top one, my top streaming service right now.
0: I constantly on this show talk about that, that HBO is just like, when, when in doubt, just go to HBO and just trust them and it's probably going to be good.
1: Yeah, they've got excellent stuff. And Apple TV does have some, I almost put Severance on this list. So I figured at this point everybody's seen it, but they've got some shows that have been outstanding, but just a lot of others that have been sort of duds, I feel like. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think... Um... Um, I, it's almost like its own version of Game of Thrones, right? Seeing how these different streamers are going to compete with each other. But to the the premise of this episode is an example of why there's just too much content. Like the, the that Bad Sisters show sounds really cool. It, it's w- Would I have even looked into it a second more if you hadn't told me to? Probably not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's sad.
0: Yeah. So cool shows. Go watch them. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find your podcast?
1: Uh, It's called Double Take, um, and it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
0: All right, great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.